we have to face some facts. The facts are that this nation and this world is in a mess. Everywhere you look, it's a mess. Everyone you talk to has an opinion about the mess. Everyone has got their two cents on how it could be fixed. There's even organizations, there's movements, there's groups of people forming, all for the purposes of finding the solution and somehow becoming the solution to the chaos that we're experiencing in this world. I think that's awesome. But I will tell you without any question, if we're facing the facts, the fact of the matter is there is only one way to reconcile that which is divided and that through Christ and Christ alone. I'll say it again. I don't care what the divisiveness is, is how you want to plant yourself, but if you're taking a hybrid to somebody to try to solve that which only Christ can do, it's going to fall on deaf ears. It's Christ and Christ alone. We had this, uh, what Rochelle was sharing about the police force. Hmm. One of the greatest moments I've ever had as a Christian is being able to be asked to speak or emcee at a Teen Challenge event in Alexandria about 10 years ago. And emceeing that event, I got to apologize to our entire community for putting their family in danger. I drove on these roads. I hurt people's kids. I hurt families. I broke families. I did these things, but... You know what? In the reconciliation that I had in Christ, everything in the world I wanted to do was to say I was sorry for the things that I had done. Amen? And there's such freedom in that. The police force, like Rochelle, they were not my friend when I was not on their side. That's bottom line. But I'll tell you what, by being able to understand who those people are behind those badges, behind those those handguns or tasers or whatever to know the person behind it no matter if they're righteous or unrighteous the ministry of reconciliation comes from you to that person individually no group's going to fix it no hybrid group's going to fix it Christ gave us the message there's one way the way and the truth through is in, and the way of life is what? through Christ and Christ alone It's going to be a challenging message today because I'm going to get, God's going to get in your business. It's okay. Because we've been called. We have the solution. No one else does. No one. No one in the world has the solution to what's going on other than us. And unless we understand the reality surrounding it, nothing's going to change. And each of us have a responsibility in it. I've said it a few Sundays in a row that we are no longer reservist Christians. We're full in. We're active duty. He's engaged us for the purposes of making a difference in a world that he's promised would hate us. We're going to go into some word to confirm the word. John 1 verse 1, in the beginning the word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. And nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. This light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He simply was a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Now, think about John. John was a weird dude. Okay? He stood on soapboxes and screamed, Repent, be baptized in the name of the Lord. Repent of your sins, turn to God. Well, how do you think the people responded to that? This is a guy who wore camel hair and ate bugs. He's a freak show. And he was standing up in front of the masses yelling these things. How, do you think he might have been ridiculed a little? Do you think someone would have said, Shut up, dude. Get off of your high horse, man. What is up with you? Go back and eat bugs. But he stood there. And he kept pointing and he kept pointing. People hated that dude. But he kept singing it. He kept shouting it. He kept shouting it. He says, let's go on. He says, he, he came into the world he created, talking about Jesus, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him can you imagine Jesus coming out well let's take it a step further can you imagine the day when the Christians decided to come out and to declare that they were Christians they were despised they were going against everything that was going on. All of the hierarchy of the Jewish faith, all of the government, everything was surrounded by this, this beast. And Christ came into the world. And his disciples, how many were there? Twelve. How do you think those twelve disciples, when they went to go up and ask for a job application, how do you think they responded to them? If one of the disciples was looking for housing, how do you think they responded to them? Come on. You want to talk about being, being persecuted. You want to talk about a belief system being ridiculed. Christ himself came into the world he was create, that he created and he was rejected. His disciples who were afraid to come out and say anything because of all the hatred that was coming on them. Can you imagine that? But they knew something. They knew that they had the answer to everything the world faced in relationship to a problem, and his name was Jesus. And this small group of people continued to be persecuted and prosecuted. As a matter of fact, of the 12 disciples, there was only one of them that didn't die a martyr's death. Even Peter was hung upside down. 
that's not a very, you know, great thing you want to put on your applications or your legacy, except you know that what you're standing for and what you're living for is the answer. It is the way. It is the truth. And it is the life. And there's no other way, church. There's no other way for peace. The prince of peace is Christ himself, and he reconciled relationships, everything. He says he reconciled everything under heaven and earth onto himself when he died on the cross. He's the one who brought peace. He's the one who has peace in his heart. He is the only way, the only antidote to what's going on in our nation and in the world right now is Christ and Christ alone. If you feel like you want to be a part of something to make a difference, if it's not grounded in the truth of God's word and the foundation of his dying on the cross and his reconciling you onto himself through the work of the cross, your movement is going to fall on deaf ears. It's quiet in here. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not into a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. There's only one way that these disciples would have been willing to die a martyr's death and to go against all the odds of everyone else is that they knew that what was in them was greater than what was going on around them, and they were willing to die for it. And it is a promise in the Word of God that we are to suffer and will suffer the same. And it's getting more, and it's getting closer. People are kind of trying to concoct really good ideas that might work. The wisest of man's plans are foolishness unto the Lord's. Unless they're grounded in the work of the cross, there will be no reconciliation. And he calls us, in his own words, he says, as us being adopted as the children of God and deposited the very Holy Spirit in us that resides in Christ, right? God in us, Emmanuel. He calls us all ministers of reconciliation. So what's the answer? You got it. No one else has it. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? Do you have a friend that feels like they've been persecuted? You know a friend. You know they've been wounded. The people that are rioting right now are rioting out of anger and fear. And it comes from a place of woundedness. The only way to fix that wound is to have the love of Christ heal it. It's the only way. There's no other way. How are we going to get to the person? It's to be with them across like eyeball to eyeball. Amen? To find out what's going on in the heart. This is a heart issue. What we got going on in our nation isn't about race. It's about hearts. And he came to mend the brokenhearted. He came. Amen? So if we know that, and this church is so, I mean, I, I don't say this. I don't say nothing I don't mean. I just don't. This church is full of people 
who have been a subsect of the least of these. Some subset of the least of these. And God has shown you something about yourselves that you didn't know about yourself before. He's transformed and changed your lives to become more like him. And as a result of that, our church knows what it means to be in reconciliation. I know what reconciliation is. I know what I was before Christ. I know who I am today. And they are different people. And he did it all. It wasn't man. It wasn't a good idea. It wasn't a movement. It wasn't a treatment plan. It wasn't jail time. It wasn't any of those things. It was a person. And his name is Jesus. And he transformed and changed me. He gave me a new heart. He gave me a new mind. He gave me a new purpose. He gave me a new destiny. And the people who are fighting right now and are hurting right now need that same person. There's no other way. There is no other way, church. There's a, there's, right now there's about 90-some men and women in the jail over here. We're bringing food to the, to the staff there on the police department, and we'll probably do the same for the sheriff's department upcoming. And that's coming from us, church. That's why you're signing the car. It's coming from us. It's not because we think every one of the cops are doing the right thing. Because they're not. The people that are on the other side of the bars, the ones that they're managing, they need the same fruit tray. They need the same veggie tray. What's behind the veggie tray? What's behind the fruit tree? Man, it's the love of Christ. I get to go and minister into the jails a lot because the guys in the jail know that I've kind of been there and done that. So I get to. There's nothing better than going in front of somebody who's broken, hurting, searching, and lonely and giving them the answer to everything that they've been searching for. And with an open heart and a broken and contrite spirit, they become a new person right in front of my sight. One person. Now, I'm not going to take away evangelism. Because evangelism is really important where you get somebody like Billy Graham in front of thousands of people and, and the Lord touches people's hearts and they respond. That's powerful. Don't get me wrong. But everyone, Christ says, make disciples of all nations. Amen? So disciples isn't just getting them to say yes to Jesus. Getting discipleship is helping them to know what their identity is in Jesus, right? So that they have really the same foundation to be able to say yes and am. amen. I know who I am. And I know whose I am. And I know the benefits of what that is for my life so that when I find someone who's not in that place, I'm going to have the reason for the hope that I have is going to be evident. I can share it with them. I was this and now I'm this. I used to do that, now I do this. And every single one of us have one of those that's called a testimony. And he's going to bring people to you where your testimony is going to be perfect. Like they're going to have the same issues you do. You'd be like, wow, dude, I... I, I know what you're talking about. That's called sympathy or empathy. Being able to be able to get in the same. Paul says, I know how to be all things to all people. Now, that didn't mean he went out and sinned with everybody. He says, I can relate to what you're sinning about. But I can tell you, I found a better way. I found a better way. You don't have to go through this. I can show you a shortcut. His name is Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's keep going in the Word. So the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we've seen his glory in the glory of the Father's one and only Son. 
John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one that I've been talking about when I said someone is coming who, is a, who after me is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who himself is God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. So Jesus says in John 13, 34, So I am giving you a new commandment, church. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. How are we doing? How are we doing? Loving each other. I think about Jordan again when he was, went down to the cities and uh, was playing his ukulele, singing praise music while some, they were mourning somebody that just died in the fire. And he's singing praise music and some of them were telling him to shut up, knock it off. They were trying to get him to stop playing. There was a woman that was literally, he felt like he, she had some demonic oppression and trying to stop him from praising the Lord. But the people that were around stopped her from trying to stop him. And they likely were not followers of Christ, but they heard hope. They heard something, there was a loud voice, even though it was a quiet song, that was breathing into their lives, and they were hungry for whatever that thing was, and that one person being a light in that otherwise dark world was making a profound difference in the lives that were there. Right now, that very spot where he was killed, there's baptisms and revival and preaching of the word going on down there every single day. There's hope being brought to the hopeless. There's hope restored. The people that are angry are starting to get their answers to the void that they've had, to the wounds that they've had, and the answer is Christ and Christ alone. There's not another program that's going to do it. As much money as you want to throw at it, as much organization or as much uh, popular people or sports people, or no, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. It says, your love for one another will really show them that you're my disciples. Do you know when they called them Christians, that was a sneer? When they first called them Christians, it was like, oh, that's one of them. That's one of them. You're one, you're one of them. Think about it. They were underground all the time. They were hiding all the time. They were trying to stay alive. People were chasing him. Paul himself was chasing him, trying to kill him. He was a bounty hunter for Christians. Man, that doesn't sound like anything I'd want to sign up for, but they knew something. They knew something that was worth dying for. And what happened, though, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell on all that were in the upper room? These guys came from hiding in the upper room to Peter going out in front of the masses who were all there to celebrate Pentecost, which were all the people that had been persecuting them, all of the ones that they had been running from and trying to hide from. This is Peter who denied Jesus, said he didn't even know him, right? Now he's on, he's on the soapbox. And he's pointing his finger around. And you crucified him. 
the one who is our Savior, the one who is the Messiah, the way to the Messiah, you killed him. Where does that boldness come from? The power of the Holy Spirit that resides within you. Amen. Peter could not do it in his own capacity. He proved it. He was hiding, still hiding, until he was endowed with the very spirit of reconciliation that rose Christ from the dead. That very spirit lives in you. If you don't have some fear about going up and sharing the word or Jesus with somebody, something of a check in your spirit, you're doing it in your own capacity. There should be a check there because it's not normal. It's not normal for those who don't know Christ. And so you know you're going to get... What are you afraid of? Persecution. What are you afraid of? They're going to think I'm nuts. And guess what? You're right. But when they hear your heart, again, it's a heart issue. When they hear your heart that you actually care about their life, in such a way that you want to impart love in a void that they've been longing for for their whole life, and you're wanting nothing in return, and there's no strings attached, you're the answer. He's in you. Evangelism is letting your heart be exposed to those whose hearts are hurting. And to be able to have him give you the words to be able to comfort them in the place that they're at. This isn't all about getting them to say the sinner's prayer. This is getting them to know the one who loves you more than life. That's evangelism. That's discipleship. So in Colossians, it tells us what we're to do. Colossians 3 verse 10 says, So put on your new nature... And be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Like Jesus. In this new life, it doesn't matter. Check this out, church. doesn't matter if you're Jew, Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave, or free, or black, or white, or red, or yellow. Christ is all that matters. And He lives in us all. So since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. It's not the louder voice. It's not the right fighting. It's, it's having a mind open enough to be able to hear what is the wound of the person you're dealing with. How did they get to this place? And I can have empathy for someone that helps me to understand if I'm willing to ask the questions. And most of the time, when you do ask the question of someone, God is actually going to be able to have you sympathize with them because you will have experienced something similar. Jesus experienced everything that we're talking about. And so through his spirit, he's going to give you everything that you need to comfort someone in that place. Second Corinthians 4, 6, For God who said, Let there be light in the darkness, 
has made this light shine in our hearts so we can know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Now we have this light shining in our own hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not ourselves. Makes sense, doesn't it? I don't feel like I want to go stand in the middle of that crowd of people and tell them in love that Jesus is the only answer. It's hard. And in my own capacity, I can't. I'm a fragile jar carrying this powerful truth. But in the power of Christ and knowing what he's done for me, it gives me a boldness that I wouldn't have otherwise. I'm fortunate to have had opportunity to be the director of ministry at LifeRight for about seven years. And uh, many of the men and women that came into the program were coming from really dark places. They had spent numbers of years in prison, many of them, uh, many coming off the street or re recent real significant life issues. And most of them came in with, well, all of them came in with wounds, deep-seated wounds. And as a matter of fact, many would come in there like this. They got to come to life right through selection, uh, but it wasn't that they wanted to go there, mind you. They had to go somewhere, and there's few places that would take them, so they bite the bullet and decide they'll go to a God one. But they got this going on right away. Like, you ain't going, yeah, you got, yeah, you throw that Jesus stuff at me. They all would come in a posture, like, try me. And I would. <laughs> and how would I? Love them. Yeah. Just love them. 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 And you know what? They wonder what in the world's wrong with this dude. All he wants to do is hug me. I hate hugs. <laughs> and once they understand that that is authenticity in its love, that he's authentic and really is loving me, the first person that they want to run and hug to is me. Yeah, I get so many hugs, it's amazing. I love it. Why? Because we know each other. We don't know each other in our woundedness. We can remember. We can remember. Been there, done that. But we're family. And we have a Father that loves us. And He's reconciled us together as brothers and sisters in Christ. That's why, that's what He created us to do. Is to bring this reconciliation onto man. So, we have it. We're fragile, but we have it. Now, this is, this is where Paul and his buddies were at. This is where the disciples were at. Is this where we're at today? We're pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Through sufferings, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus might also be seen in our bodies. We live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus. This is where they were at. 
They were the minority. This was a promise. And this is our promise. Are we serving today with the fear of death all of the time? No, but it's coming. I believe it's coming. There will be more persecution for the church. And unless we're solidified in this and willing to stand for it, we're not part of the solution, we're part of the problem. Mmm, tough one, church. I just get this picture of this police officer that was standing, and he was just standing there doing his job, his responsibility, his, what he was called to do. And there was a woman standing in his face this far away, just screaming. Insults and everything imaginable, taking all of her hurt out on this person. And this person standing there and just having to receive it all. It's a reflection of Jesus. They were cursing him and everything imaginable, and he just stood there and took it. Didn't even utter a word in his defense. Like a lamb led to the slaughter. We, if they're screaming that loud over their hurt, and you can hear it, isn't it high time we ask some questions about where that's coming from? What's caused you to hate me the way you hate me? Or what's caused you to feel this pain that I can see it's all over you? It's a hard issue, church. And we have the light, the solution for their broken hearts we carry in ourselves. We are, the, we are the antidote. And it's Christ in us. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in the eternal life for you. See, when you wrap your mind around the fact that you don't have to be afraid of dying, you can go into any crowd, no matter what the circumstance, and you can courageously share the love of Christ. I think of that movie where the guy holds up the, what was that? For, uh, oh gosh, that private who never carried a gun. Uh, what? Yeah, at Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, and, and he was unbroken though, amen. He was awarded the highest military honor that you can bestow on a soldier, the Medal of Honor, and he never fired a round. Never carried a gun. He went in there loving people. He saved enemies. He was bringing enemies down in gurneys that were dying. Come on. He understood something. But he survived it without a gun. In the middle of all the chaos. I'm going in again. I'm going in again. I'm going in again. Why, why was he allowed to survive? <laughs> I know. <laughs> no greater 
But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. Colossians 1.6, the same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the, the truth of God's wonderful grace. Some good stuff, isn't it? Let's think about who we're talking about in Colossians uh, 1 verse 15. Just put a, allow this to sink in your minds and in the middle of your heart. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before every, anything was created and he's supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and things we can't see such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. He, so he is first in everything. For God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by the means of Christ's blood on the cross. That's the only way, church. This includes you who were once far away from God. Amen? You are his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. We're no better than any of the ones screaming. We've all been there. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. That's reconciliation to God. That's peace. I am glad when I suffer for you in the body, for I am participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. He wants that not one would perish. He says, greater things than these you will do. The greater things is us having the Holy Spirit in us wherever we are. And we get to share the ministry of reconciliation of everything, every person we're in front of. That's greater than... Isn't it? For God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. So we tell others about the movement. Or we tell others about a program. Or we tell others about how we should just treat each other. Or we should tell others about how they're wrong. Or we should tell other people to grow up. Or you should tell other people to take their guns away. Or we should tell, let's defund the police. Can you see? It's all ignorance and unbelief. Because we haven't told them about Christ yet. So tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. 
We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. That's why I work and struggle so hard depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me and within you. Hmm. Romans 15, 20. My, this is Paul speaking. My ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard. I kind of understand why he says it, rather than where a church has already been started by someone else. See, the church hasn't even figured this out. We've got so many factions and divisions within the church that you can't find, you can't even find unity in the body. And we're Christ's body. He's the head. I believe this church has a message because we understand what we were before Christ. We know who we are in Christ. And we know what's happened by the changing of our lives. So it gives us a deep heart compassion for those who are where we were. And with that compassion, we can share the simplicity of the gospel. We don't have to create ways to divide ourselves. We just talk about the simplicity of the love of Christ. You know, he talks in the Bible a lot. You read 1 John, and John talks about family. The first thing about little children he talks about is that they know that their sins are forgiven. Man, if you can just help people to know, Jesus just loves you. Jesus loves you, and he doesn't hold a record of your wrongs. He's forgiven you. If people can get across that message that they're loved and everything is going to be okay and they're forgiven, you've shared the gospel. It's that easy, but that hard in your own capacity. Man, I feel a stirring in. You feel a stirring? You got some people that you know right now that are walking in wounds. And they're speaking up and they're loud about how things should be done. They've got their opinion strong on how this should all be fixed. And you in humility and gentleness and kindness can help them to know and that you care about what hurts them. That your heart hurts for what hurts them. And tell me, Can you help me to understand what that's coming from? Because I've got, I feel like I might be able to help you. Not your whole group. I can't help your whole group. God can. All I can do is help you to come to an understanding for the reason, the hope that I have. So in that movie, again, forget the one where she's, give me one, God. What was that? Overcomer? What? No. War room. Just give me one, God. Give me the next one. Give me the next one. If everyone in this church would just give me the one, God. Just give me the one. We would have twice as many here next Sunday. Yeah. So we're on a mission from God. And that's not the other movie. Blues Brothers. That one. <laughs> Philippians 2.9. Therefore, this is Paul speaking about Christ. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor, even though he put himself in the lowest place, alongside the lowest of the lows. Therefore, God elevated him to the highest place of honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God 
the Father. Amen. Every knee is going to bow. And every tongue will have to confess that Jesus is Lord. Our mission is to get them to understand that before they're on judgment day. Not a hybrid, not a feel good, not a program, not a movement. We need a Jesus movement. And that means the body gets moving.